0: At the end of the day, their soul is so much more important than any business success you can have, anything else, right? And so if you have achieved a certain level of success in your business, but you failed at your home, ask yourself, is that really success? Because if you say, you know, I am prioritizing my home, I want to raise kids who love the Lord, who serve the Lord, who are committed to the Lord, but you are not making that a priority is that really success? If you're chasing after all this business success and your kids leave your home and they do not have a relationship with the Lord, right? Which we can't can't all control that. But my point is you doing your absolute best to prioritize that.
1: Welcome to the Kingdom-Minded Mompreneur where we, Becky and Monique, your new biz besties, both busy moms just like you. We're here to talk all things network marketing mom life and how to truly live out your calling we'll be dropping two episodes each week to help you the busy mompreneur know the exact strategies to build both your business and your home you'll hear each week from one of the top network marketers on their best tips for what's led to their success and what's working now we know that you're here because you are called to something more you have a desire
0: to succeed in both your business and at home And we are going to teach you how, if you love what you hear here on the podcast and want to be one of our success stories, join us inside our community, the kingdom minded mompreneur, where we provide a daily social media action plan, additional resources, kingdom coaching, and more click the show notes for the link to join. So let's get into the episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Kingdom-Minded Mompreneur. Today is a little bit different because normally you are used to myself and Becky. This is Monique speaking here. And today you just have me. So I am doing a solo episode today. You will hear us have solo episodes in the future where you can kind of connect with um, one of us to hear a little bit more about our individual stories or perspectives. So today I am going to talk about what does it look like to raise kingdom kids? So just by the title of our podcast, we presume that most of our listeners are moms. You are probably a mom listening to this episode and and you are someone who you prioritize your family. You desire to have a close relationship with your children. You desire to have a good home life and family life. And so what does it look like or what does it even mean to raise kingdom kids, to raise kids for the kingdom? And this came up because this has always been a priority of mine, but I was reading the book Raising Kingdom Kids by Tony Evans. If you have not heard of it, check it out. You can get it on Amazon, I think about $10 or so. Raising Kingdom Kids by Tony Evans. I had read it previously. Our Sunday school class had gone through that book um, a couple years ago. And so I'd read it previously. And for whatever reason, uh, actually, I'll tell you why I picked it back up again. So, some may know, but about six months ago, seven months ago, our house was destroyed due to a storm. And there have been times where during the construction, I will walk, I'll go into back to our house to kind of just see what's going on in their updates. And so I had walked into the house recently and this book was sitting on the counter. So obviously I've had the book, um, but somewhere in the destruction of our home, um, It had gotten lost somewhere. And so I guess one of the workers had just set it out. Um, And so I, I picked it up and I was like, you know what? I need to go back through this book. So I started going back through it. And in the foreword, in the very beginning of this book, the person who had written, so obviously the foreword is an introduction to the book, why you should read the book. And in that foreword, the person who was introducing the book made a statement that really stood out to me. And he said, you know, the old ways of parenting are no longer enough for how we have to parent today. The old ways of, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like when your grandparents would tell you like, oh, you know, my parents put me on a train when I was eight years old and I went and spent the whole summer with, you know, a relative and I did this, or I would play outside for hours and hours and no one would check on us and, you know, all these different things, right? The old ways of What you might have been told were okay back in the day, they are no longer the same. The world that we live in is so vastly different than what it was previously. And the reason why we wanted to have this conversation today is because you, the kingdom-minded mompreneur, you have to be alert You have to be aware and you have to be on guard. The Bible talks about how the devil roams around like a prowling lion seeking to devour. And oftentimes he wants to do it when people are young. He wants to do it to kids. Why do you think abuse happens so often to kids? Why do you think things happen to kids? Why do you think the destruction of a home or a family affects kids so much? because he knows, the enemy knows, if he can get your kids, then he can totally, for the rest of their life, you know, give them lies that they believe, or strongholds that they have, or trauma they have to walk through. And so some things cannot be avoided, but also I do believe that as moms, God has given you the responsibility to steward that role well. Okay, so I'm going to share with you four things that I feel like are really important if you are raising kingdom kids. Okay. So the first one is to be aware of the times. Okay. So just what I was talking about, be aware of the times, recognize the times. And y'all, let me just tell you something. going we get into all this. Let me just tell you this. I am a mom of three. Okay. I have currently, as this is being recorded, I have an 18 year old, I have a 16 year old and I have a 15 year old. I am the most imperfect mom that there is. I have made so many mistakes. I have yelled at my kids. I have lost it on my kids. I have, um, you know, probably said things that were hurtful. I have probably done things that I look back and, or I know I have, and thought, oh, that was not good parenting, you know, not my best parenting day. And so I have so many mistakes. And also, my kids are not perfect. They are great kids, they are sweet kids, they have really good hearts, but they make mistakes all of the time. And some of their mistakes have shocked me. I'm like, my child did that? Like, I cannot believe, just last week, one of my kids was telling me something he did at school like a couple years ago. And I was like, you did what? Like what? Why would you do that? So I say this to say, In humility, please know that as I'm sharing this with you, it is coming from a place as one mom to another. Like, hey, let's do this together. Like, let's raise these kids together. And also, I don't want you to be naive because I was naive. I was naive. There were things that would happen. And I'm not going to give you full details out of respect for my children and their privacy, but there were things that would happen. Okay, I'll just um, share with you in elementary school. Um, We found something in one of my kids' room that we had no idea that they had um, that allowed them to uh, a device we did not know that they had, um, which allowed them to, you know, be able to pull things up that we were not aware of. Um, There were times when um, we (laughs) we had kids who were using substances we did not know that they were using. And my husband, there was one day my husband, um, he decided to start testing our kids. Okay, mind you, I have three teenagers, okay? So he's decided he was gonna start. He bought a drug test and a nicotine test. And so he made all the kids uh, line up, tested them. And I will just say, uh, there were some some substances, okay? Without, I'm, I'm trying to be vague here on purpose because I do not want to embarrass my children. But my point in saying that is when that happened, that circumstance, I was like, no way. These these tests are wrong. These tests are wrong. My husband was like, Monique, these these are not wrong. (laughs) He was like, they are using things. So we addressed it. We dealt with it. And guess what? We randomly drug test them and nicotine test them regularly. Because the world that we are living in tells your children that, hey, it's not a big deal to do this. It's not a big deal to do that, whatever it is, okay? Vaping is really big right now. Um, Obviously, drugs are are everywhere. Weed is everywhere. Drinking is everywhere. Um, Pornography is everywhere. And so if you are not aware that your kids are being exposed to these things in elementary school, if you're not being aware of that, let me just be that mom that tells you, I'm just gonna tell you, as a mom of three, your kids are being exposed to those things as early as elementary school, okay? On average, and you can go look this up online, on average, the first time that kids see pornography is at seven years old. And if you think, oh, but not my child, my child has never been exposed to any of this. I just want you to not be naive, okay? Don't be naive about, the friends that they hang out with, um, what they can access on their phones. Okay. So my children, only one of our kids has a phone. Okay. I told you 18, 16, and 15 years old. You guys, I am the only parent in my circle. And again, this is no judgment, no shame. I'm not at all telling you what to do in your life. I just want to share with you our story. Is I am the only parent in our circle who the, their children don't have phones. And They don't have phones because we made that choice that it was going to be a challenge for them to not get distracted, to not look at things they don't need to be looking at, to not be tempted in other ways, to not get caught up. Okay, if you think about it, if a a child's brain is still developing, Okay. Think about us as adults, how much we're addicted to our phones. I mean, I'll confess there are t- many times where I'm like, I am on my phone way more than I want to be, need to be. I don't need to know this person's business. I don't need to know what they're you know doing in their house, all those kinds of things. Right? Like I don't need the comparison. I don't need any of that. I don't need to be looking at that. And so as adults, we struggle to have our own boundaries with phones. Can you imagine If someone's brain is not fully developed how much that impacts their social life how much that impacts their mental health how much that impacts um, their comparison and their desires and bullying back in the day when someone got bullied it happened at school it did not happen on a screen it did not happen behind a cell phone it did not happen privately in rooms okay they didn't have the ability for people to send them photos. Okay. I'm telling you guys the things that are happening. People send people photos of inappropriate things, girls and boys at young ages. Okay. So I just don't want you to be naive because it can happen so fast. Okay. It can happen so fast. So be aware of, if your kids have devices, I would really encourage you to have, um, security on there where you're able to see what they're looking at, where you're able to block certain things, have limits on screen time. There's ways that you can do that where you can limit the time that they're able to be on, be aware of their friends. A lot of times it's their friend's phones. You know, what are their friends looking at? Okay. There were times where I thought my kids were playing outside (laughs) and they were on other people's devices and got caught doing things. And so I'm sharing this with you again. And I'm being really vulnerable here, but I want you to be aware and alert that times have changed. Okay. Most of your televisions, if you don't have any kind of security or, you know, devices, you know, something that's allowing you to limit what your kids are able to see, most of the time they can pull up things, a lot of inappropriate things. So do not be naive about that. Okay. So that's the one thing I want you to be aware of is be alert. Okay. The second thing is to set boundaries. Like do not be afraid to have boundaries when it comes to your children and when it comes to the things that you say yes to and you say no to. As a mom, you have a, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. If you, if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And I really believe that a lot of times you get this nudge of, uh, I'm not sure about this. And I'll tell you this, um, I had one of our kids recently had this new friend that he was wanting to hang out with and he kept asking and asking and asking, to hang out with this kid. So I would kind of like limit it to, okay, like have him come over here or y'all can play outside where I could kind of monitor the situation. And, um, but I had this little, I had this something in me that was just a little thing that was like, I really don't know. I really don't know about this influence. I really don't think this is a good person for him to be spending time with, hanging out with. And I didn't have a reason. I didn't have, like, there was nothing that was done. It was just my gut feeling like, I don't think this is a good situation, okay? So fast forward, something happened, something big happened with this specific friend. And I went to my child after this happened and I just asked him, I said, I wanna ask you a question. So when you think of the kind of friends you wanna have and the the person who you want to become, I said, is this the kind of person that you want to hang around and you want to be around and you want to be like, and he was like, no, you know, I, he really isn't. He was like, and I don't even know. I mean, there's probably more stuff I don't even know about, but he was like, mom, he really isn't. He's not a good influence. He's really not helping me, you know, become a better person. I really don't think that I need to be hanging out with him. And I said, all right, well, I I agree with that. Like I think, and I think, and this is a whole other conversation, but you know, in your kids ages, there is something where you can recognize, you know, if they're at younger ages, then you are in those discipline years where you are telling your children yes to this, no to that. Okay. And then there are other ages where, like, my three teenagers and technically one adult where I'm mentoring, like, our conversations are mentorship conversations. It's not, don't go to that kid's house anymore. It's, hey, what do you think about this friendship? What do you think about this relationship? You know, you're asking them those mentoring questions where they're able to form those answers and to see why, like, why is it that that's, you know, not okay? Or why is it that I wouldn't want to do that? Right? Like they're the ones that are forming those. Um, And so you have to recognize like, what are the boundaries that you need to set in your home? And here's the other thing. Okay. Mom, I'm talking to you. Mama, who's listening? I'm talking to you. When you set boundaries, do not worry about what other people think about you or say about you. If you have decided your family is not doing sleepovers and you feel pressured because there is a party that your one kid can't stay over, or whatever, right? Like whatever boundary you've set, be confident in the boundaries that you have set. Be confident in, in that. If there's a family member that makes you feel uncomfortable and you're like, I don't know why, I don't have a reason, but I don't want to spending the night at this person's house or whatever. Feel confident in that. Don't look to the left or to the right. Do not allow other people's opinions to sway i had someone recently say something to me about the fact that my kid did not have a phone at his age and i you know this i heard the person i said okay thank you so much and moved forward with my life right because if i sat there and thought oh my goodness what does this person think of me what are they what kind of mom am i i'm the only person who doesn't allow my kid to have a cell phone or i know confidently this is the decision that my husband and I have made for the reasons that we've made them. And they have a specific timeline for when they will be able to get phones. And I have to be confident if I just allowed the opinion of another mom to be like, oh, well, I guess I should. And here's the other thing. It's inconvenient, okay? It is inconvenient when it's dinner time and I'm ready for everybody to eat and they're down the street playing basketball at someone's house, right? It would be so much easier for me to text And say, hey, time to come home versus me walking down the street to go get my kid or I dropped them off at a basketball game. You know, they're watching their friends play. And, you know, instead of texting, hey, I'm out in the parking lot, I have to get out, go inside, find them, come. Like, it's inconvenient. It is inconvenient when everybody else has a cell phone and your kids don't. It's inconvenient. But the payoff, the reward of really making them wait. And like I said, this is for my family. This is not, I don't want anyone to feel guilt or shame or anything. But my point is, do not allow society's pressure to make you feel like your kid has to have something or your kid has to do something, whatever the boundary that you set. Okay. So I really want you to recognize, like, what are the boundaries that you need to have And what do you need to hold fast to, okay? So the next one is be willing to recognize that what what are sacred in your life, what is sacred, and what do you need to sacrifice, okay? The things that are sacred to you. So in our home, it's family dinner time. No matter what, no matter how chaotic life gets, no matter what all we have going on, there will be some point in the day even if it's eight o'clock at night or whatever, that we stop and we eat together as a family because that is sacred to our family. And so you decide what is sacred to you. We've talked about this on previous episodes. What is sacred to you? And then what are you willing to sacrifice? Because there's also gonna be things that you're going to want to give up or you're gonna need to give up. If you're building your network marketing business, there are gonna be times where you're like, I am not in a season where I can watch television or I'm not in a season where I can, you know, whatever, whatever it is for you. What is it that you're willing to give up? But then what are those things that are sacred? Because at the end of the day, your family is going to have to stand before the Lord and give an answer. Your children are going to have to stand before the Lord and give an answer for their life. And so did you teach them the word? Did you teach them truth? Were you, were you um, you know, giving them the tools for growing in their own faith, growing in their own relationship? Are you taking time as a family to be in the word together? Are you leading your kids in that way? Or is your life completely filled with sports and other activities and other things? And by the time, you know, you're in school and your kids come home, it's like the whole day is gone. And are you filling your time with teaching them truths? Because at the end of the day, their soul is so much more important than any business success you can have, anything else, right? And so if you have achieved a certain level of success in your business, but you failed at your home, ask yourself, is that really success? Because if you say, you know, I am prioritizing my home, I wanna raise kids who love the Lord, who serve the Lord, who are committed to the Lord, but you are not making that a priority, is that really success? If you're chasing after all this business success, And your kids leave your home, and they do not have a relationship with the Lord, right? Which we can't, we can't all control that. Okay, but my point is, you doing your absolute best to prioritize that, to make that a priority. We had Kayla Craft on the podcast recently. She did a phenomenal job. If you missed that episode, go check out episode sixteen. She did a phenomenal job. But she is someone who has been at the top of the top, okay? Was making millions in network marketing, then making millions on her own in business. And she said, she said, you know, you have to focus on your kids. Your your focus should be your relationship with the Lord, your marriage, and then your children. And so- Sometimes that means, Hey, I'm not going to be able to be on this team call if it gets away from this, or if, if these are the times I've already said, I'm going to commit to being with my family, or these are the the evenings. I'm not going to do anything involved with my business. I'm going to be with my family, right? So you decide what it is that is sacred and what is worth sacrificing. Okay. And then the last thing I wanted to leave you with is pray for your children, pray for your children pray intentional, specific prayers for your children. There is a book called Fervent by Priscilla Shire. If you have not read it, y'all go read this. I would even tell you to read this before the book Raising Kingdom Kids. They're both great books. Actually, Fervent is written by the daughter. So this is full circle. Fervent is written by the daughter of Tony Evans, who wrote Raising Kingdom Kids. Okay. So Priscilla Shire, wrote the book Fervent. And in that book, she talks about the power of prayer and really it's the power of God. But you, as a mom, there is nothing like a praying mom, praying powerful, intentional prayers for your family and for your children and going before the Lord on behalf of your children and pleading for things because there are some times when you just have to keep your mouth shut and you have to pray and pray and pray and pray. Okay. I'll tell you guys this. Let me tell you the story. And I have not, I have not shared this, (laughs) but I'm going to share it with you. Okay. i told one of my friends, I told my best friend this and and Becky, my business partner, I've told, but let me share with you the story. And this is the power of prayer. We had a child who, I don't want to say he went crazy, but he just started to make some decisions. And because of his age, you know, there were certain decisions that Matt and I felt, okay, if you are making certain decisions, then you're just gonna have the natural consequences of these decisions, right? Like it's not um, they're just natural consequences that come with with certain decisions. And so I kept praying and praying and praying for him. Um, well, let me say this before I was diligently and earnestly praying, I kept getting so frustrated. Like I felt like in my own strength i was doing everything that i could to you know all the advice i could give him you know wisdom on things hey let's not do this let's not do that you know whatever and i just felt like it was not helping the situation at all and so finally in one of my devotional times in the morning i you know i was praying to god about it and i really felt the lord say monique just let me let me handle i just want you to pray like let me handle this i just want you to pray okay so That kid goes to school and um, he goes to school. And something, I can't even remember the situation. If something had happened that week that we just, Matt and I were just frustrated, like, man. Um, And I honestly thought, I'm like, did I do all this work doing everything I could to raise my kid? And am I going to end up with the kid who walks away, walks away from the church, walks away from the Lord, walks away from um, what he knows is right. You know, I I just started to question and I had such compassion for, you know, all those who have kids who, you know, grown kids who, you know, might be making certain decisions or walking a certain path, but you know, you're like, man, I did everything I could. Right. And so I felt that way. I was like, I feel like I have done everything in my strength to do my best to raise this kid. And I just started thinking, I'm like, I'm going to have the child that is like the way we're child. Okay. So, Um, this kid goes to school and when he leaves for school, something rose up in me. And I was like, oh no, I I am not about to allow the enemy to win. I am not about to allow the enemy to win. So I go into this kid's room. Okay. He's left for school. I go into his room and I anoint his room with oil. That's a whole other conversation we could have, but I anoint his room with oil and y'all, I am praying and praying and praying. I'm like, The enemy will not have this child. I'm like, Lord, he is your child. He is created for a purpose. I know that you brought him into my life for a reason. And if you guys don't know, we have a very unique story of adoption. Our children were in foster care. We adopted all three of them. They're siblings, biological siblings, and we've adopted all three of them. And so I have always felt like they have a big purpose in their life, they have a calling in their life, each and every one of them, I believe has a call in their life. And so when all this started going on, I thought, no, like I refuse. I refuse for the enemy to take any of my children. And so I just started praying and praying and praying and praying and praying praying in that kid's room, okay? And I just prayed for everything that I saw in his life, everything that I believed in his life, everything that I knew that God was calling him to, which was not in alignment with how he was currently living. Okay, so... I spent time praying in his room, okay? Then went about my workday, kids come home from school, you know, normal afternoon thing. And um that evening, okay? So that evening, like I said we have three kids, two of our kids were in our room watching television with my husband and I. And this other child that I'm talking about was somewhere in the another part of the house. And um he walks into our room and he said, mom, I need to talk to you. Okay. So I I'm like, okay, sure. So I come out and we, you know, we sit on the couch and he just, he just shares so vulnerably mom, like I want to turn my life around. He was like, I am ready to turn my life around. I want to turn my life around. I need to give my life to the Lord and all this stuff. And just comes to me at the most humble." state. And you guys, within a day, he gave his life to the Lord. He asked, he asked my husband to baptize him that next day. We baptized him at church. And I am, y'all, I'm telling you a day before this, one day before this, I was asking myself, am I going to have a wayward child? And I went to the Lord and pleaded on behalf of this kid, And within a day, he came to us and said, I have got to give my life over to the Lord. And so I just want to tell you that there is power in prayer. The power is in God, but he gives you prayer. Prayer is your avenue. Prayer is your strategy. He gives you the power to come before him in prayer and to lay your request before your kids. And so if you're like me, you know, I can get caught up being the lecturer, like, oh, is this a good idea? Or what do you think about this? You know, I can get up in the talking, right? Like talking, talking, talking to my kids. But I knew that morning, I told you that morning, I felt the Lord tell me, just be quiet, like be still and give him to me, pray. So some of you, you might need to hear, stop talking, stop lecturing, stop telling your kids all the time what to do and pray for them. God can do so much more. When you release control, we talked in a previous episode about the difference between support versus surrender. When you surrender your children to the Lord and you give them to Him and you pray specific prayers for them, pray for their pray before they leave for school, for their influence, pray for their future wives, pray for their future jobs, pray for their decisions, pray for their purity, pray for their heart, pray for their eyes, pray for protection. Okay, I could tell you story after story after story. I don't have time. I got to wrap this up. But I just wanted to tell you that you as their mom have the power to pray specific, bold, and intentional prayers for your kids. Okay, so I want to leave you with the fact that don't get caught up and distracted in the things that don't matter. But your children, raising kingdom kids, raising kids who love the Lord, who know who they are in him, their identity in, in, in him where you can speak life into your children. I tell my kids every single day, God has called you for a purpose. He has given you a purpose. And so you have to speak that life into your children. Instead of being critical of your children, speak life into them, call them higher to the way that God sees them. So I hope that this spoke to you today. Thanks so much for listening to the Kingdom-Minded Mompreneur. If you loved what you heard today, could you stop and give us a five-star rating and review? It helps our visibility on podcasting platforms so
1: others, like you, can hear more of this message. Also, if this episode encouraged you, we would love for you to pass it along to your own biz bestie and anyone else who could benefit. Lastly, don't forget that if you want to hang out with us just a little bit more, join us inside the Kingdom-Minded Mompreneur community. Click the link in the show notes. Bye for now.